you previously talked about uh, the U.S. Uh, foreign policy uh, towards Africa, and uh, some of your guests had uh, very interesting uh, uh, thoughts on uh, whether or not uh, the U.S. should actually uh, change uh, its uh, foreign policy towards uh, some African, uh, quote-unquote, democracies. Uh, your thoughts? Both of them were of the view that uh, perhaps it's a high time that uh, the U.S.-African policy underwent some fundamental changes and uh, that would call for example for a shift in terms of how the US has interacted with Africa. We're talking about in fact some coming up saying what is needed is a paradigm shift. Uh, when you talk about a paradigm shift uh, what are you trying to uh, say? Uh, maybe break it down for uh, our ordinary uh, viewer. The US in terms of its interaction with Africa has somewhat taken a traditional way of doing things. Meaning, you have Washington, for example, interacting with a country on the African continent, obviously through a government in power, but largely focusing on that country through individual person that occupies state house at that point in time. So these people, in fact, think Whereas the U.S. is entitled, obviously, like any other country, uh, to having its vital national security interests. They may be trade. It may be fighting against uh, terrorism. Yes, you can still do that. But you can also do it in tandem with making sure that you're also promoting fairness and justice for the people in that particular country. back I attended a hearing on uh, Capitol Hill and uh, some of uh, the congressional uh, members or members of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee were very, very critical of uh, some of the U.S. Uh, policies. In fact, they had uh, uh, the Assistant Secretary of State for African Affairs there, Linda Thomas uh, Greenfield, uh, testifying. The first time, uh, it was more of like a rebuke of uh, what the administration has been doing. Uh, when you talk to people from here and there, uh, policymakers, what do they tell you? When Obama first came into office, which is about seven years and a half ago, there was talk about making sure that this time the U.S., in terms of its policy, needs to be people-centered as opposed to leadership-centered. What do I mean by people-centered? For example, they said that they should be on the side of making sure that the governments and the countries they deal with are encouraged, are encouraged to open the democratic space more. Uh, those governments are encouraged, for example, to observe and promote fundamental human rights, allow, for example, for freedoms of expression, freedoms of the press, freedoms of assembly, freedoms of association as something that is normal. Whereas, in fact, what is going on right now is that for as long as you have an individual president or head of state in Africa, for as long as that individual supports Washington in its fight against terrorism, 
that person can go ahead and do whatever else he wants and Washington will look the other I know that for sure to do anything in Africa uh, the ordinary people or the people don't really matter what matters is the person who is the, the helm of that country yes the people do not matter but you know critics say that in fact what you need is to make sure that the people of that particular country begin to matter because let's face it who is the primary stakeholder of Uganda, for example? It has to be the Ugandan people. It cannot be President Yoweri Museveni. President Yoweri Museveni, if you looked at it through the lens of democracy, would obviously be exercising power on behalf of the people, in which case he would have been actually elected or chosen by his people in order to be in office for a certain period of time. But the reality on the ground that we have discovered so far is that people like President Yoweri Museveni do not, in fact, have the mandate of their own people. Why? Because when it comes to elections, for example, they are the electoral commission, they are the judges, they are the jury, they are everything rolled into one. And yet, despite the fact that Washington is aware of that, London is aware of that, Paris, Paris is aware of that, they continue to do business as usual. So what people are saying now is that, for example, Washington sincerely should not only talk the talk about democracy, about promoting fundamental tenets of democracy, but that in fact it should go ahead and make sure that those democratic values they keep talking about are actually implemented in their interaction with African countries. Speaking about uh, Yori, President Yorim Museveni, uh, something recently happened uh, while he was being sworn in for the fifth uh, uh, time as the President of uh, the Republic of Uganda. Uh, nearly all Western diplomats walked out uh, as a symbolic gesture and uh, some people criticized them. Some people said that uh, they had every right uh, to walk away uh, in protest. Uh, from uh, what you've been able to gather or from a person who has analyzed that country, covered that country for a long time, uh, what was uh, the significance of those uh, Western diplomats walking out of uh, Museveni's uh, inauguration ceremony? There are some people, of course, uh, who look at um, that gesture as symbolically very significant. Very significant in the sense that uh, they were able to send a very clear message to President Museveni, who, in fact, in addition to hosting Sudanese President Omar al-Bashir, used a language that has been characterized as being very undiplomatic. They were able to send a very clear message to him that they could not simply sit there and give him the opportunity uh, to, frankly, make them as if, in fact, they were not even supposed to be there. So they decided to call the bluff and walk out. But on the other hand, there are also some people who have said, yes, they may have walked out, 
But in fact, at the end of the day, it is all hypocrisy. It is all hypocrisy because, first of all, they knew that the Sudanese president would be there anyway. So why did they, in fact, go there? Did they, in fact, expect President Museveni to invite Sudanese President Omar Bashir? And since President Museveni happens to be a founding signatory of the Rome Statute, which, of course, created the International Criminal Court, to actually arrest Omar Bashir and hand him over to the Hague? Surely, if they thought like that, they must have been dreaming. Here in the diaspora, we talk about uh, democracy, democracy. Then when we interact with people on the continent, they talk about how they're able to sleep, how they're able to do certain things. It's because of the stability that has been created by some of these uh, leaders. So uh, who is right and who is wrong? Peace is not the absence of warfare. It is not the absence of violence. Peace should be the presence of what some will call social economic justice. You know, it was the US President Barack Obama who said, even in a, a society where there is prosperity, in a society where there is prosperity, without freedoms, without freedom of expression, without freedom of the media, without freedom of assembly, without freedom of worship, it is a major form of poverty. <laughs>